Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Trinity Episcopal Pocatello podcast. Peace be with you. Reverend Haiti makes clear in her sermon today that Jesus does not call us onto a comfortable path as his disciples. Based on scripture found in Luke chapter 6, this episode features a homily on hearing Jesus' calls to comfort and discomfort. Here is Mixed Blessings. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Blessed are you. Blessed are you who are poor, who are hungry, who weep. Jesus' words speak to two of the deepest longings of our hearts, that life will be kind, that life will be fair. Despite all the ways we're different from Jesus's listeners on that plain in Galilee, all of us have experienced life's unfairness in different ways. All of us have worried and wept and raged for ourselves and for others. So we hear comfort in Jesus's words, but we also hear a sting, because ultimately Jesus is calling us to step beyond comfort into a life of new challenges and new changes. Today's reading comes about a quarter of the way through Luke's gospel. Jesus has been traveling and healing. He's gained a reputation, gathered followers, made some enemies, Luke hasn't shown us a lot of his teachings, but he has shown us some miracles. He's shown us action and reaction, usually with a few comments from Jesus about whatever has just happened. But just before today's reading, Jesus has hit pause on all of it. He's headed up a mountain with his followers and he stepped away from them. He spent the night praying. In that night of prayer, something seems to have shifted. When morning comes, he returns to his followers and he picks 12 of them, names them apostles. Then he leads those apostles and the rest of his disciples down the mountain out onto the level plain at its foot. There's a crowd waiting for them there and Jesus is mobbed. Sick and suffering people from all over are jostling and pushing each other to get close to the healer, to touch him, to be cured. And they do, and they are. We don't know how long this lasts, but Luke says Jesus heals all of them. So Jesus heals and his followers watch. They wait. Maybe they hang back a little 
Jesus will have to raise his eyes to look at them. So they seem to be standing on slightly higher ground than the crowds waiting on the plain. They also seem to be clumped together. And I would imagine that some of the newly appointed apostles are feeling kind of pleased with themselves right now. It's kind of important. They were the ones Jesus chose. All of these crowds, all of these followers, and they were the ones he chose. I can imagine that some of the other apostles may just be feeling awed and excited. Look what they get to be part of. Still others might be a little daunted, wondering just what it is that they've gotten themselves into. I bet most of them are feeling all those things and more. But you know, whatever they are thinking or feeling, the reality isn't going to be anything they see coming. And Jesus knows it. So when the healing is over, he looks up at his followers and he begins to teach. He may or may not be talking to the crowds who have come for healing, but he's definitely talking to the people who have chosen to follow him. To the twelve, to the other disciples around them, and to us. Blessed are you who are poor, he begins, for yours is the kingdom of God. That's good news. Jesus' Galilean followers are poor. Some of us in our congregations are poor. Blessed are you who are hungry now, he says, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Some of us have been hungry. Some of us are weeping. It's good news. And Jesus' words should remind us of the passage he read from Isaiah on that first day in the synagogue. The day of the Lord is here, he said, and the world is about to turn. It is turning. The poor are being raised up and the sick are being healed. This is jubilee, revolution. Our luck is changing. Our lives are changing. Our world is changing. So far, so great. But I wonder what the disciples hear and what we hear when Jesus gets to his next blessing. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Can the disciples really imagine themselves being hated and excluded and reviled because of Jesus? Excluded even from their own synagogues? It's going to happen. Can we imagine ourselves being hated and excluded and reviled because of Jesus? We know what happens to others across the world. Even within the church universal, we know that there are people who exclude and revile us, people who disagree with us about what following Jesus looks like. I suspect, however, that a lot of us 
aren't that affected by them. That our experience of being a Christian isn't about hatred and exclusion. But what if it were? And then we move to the woes. Maybe the first one doesn't seem too bad. All of us know people richer than we are. And most of us are pretty good at assuming that Jesus isn't talking about us here. Surely, we may think, he's talking about the really rich, the Jeff Bezos, the Elon Musks, people we may have our own thoughts about. But Jesus moves on, and it gets harder and harder to hold on to that conviction. Woe to you who are full now, he says. I ate breakfast. I've got a full stomach, a full pantry, a full fridge. Like many of us, I often take those things for granted. When I don't, I count them as blessings. But here, they're woes. And perhaps I hear a small voice start whispering. If this is a revolution, is it a revolution I'm okay with? Is it a revolution I feel safe in? Woe to you who are laughing now, Jesus continues. And that does not help at all. Woe to you when all speak well of you. Where's the comfort now? Part of what's going on here, I know, is that Jesus is warning his followers, especially those 12 brand new apostles, that the road ahead isn't what they think it is. Jesus' followers may be rejoicing now, but they will mourn and weep at the cross. Peter may be excited about being in the famous healer's inner circle now, but he'll pretend he doesn't even know Jesus when the chips are down. Jesus will say it again and again. Following him will make, mean making hard choices, letting go of some of the things we've loved, letting go of some of the things that feel they keep us safe, being willing to take risks. Do his followers understand this warning? Do we understand it? Jesus is giving us another warning, too. He's warning us that our own comfort and fullness and self-image can get between ourselves and God, can get between us and the people of God. They can make it possible for us to stand off at a distance like the disciples. They can let us stay on our own little rise in the ground instead of following Jesus into the pushing and the shoving and the pleas of the desperate crowd. They can let us give thanks for strengths we have, the ways we aren't in need, instead of bringing our needs to Jesus and asking for healing and grace but we're called to be in the crowd, asking for help when we want to be standing outside it and counting our blessings. It's by being part of the crowd 
that we touch Jesus. It's by being part of the crowd that we are healed. It is by being part of the crowd that we are made ready to help recreate the world in Jesus' image. May we have the courage to do so. Amen. We are grateful you've listened today, and we hope you found something helpful in today's episode. Our mission is to weave God's unfinished tapestry, and by listening, you are a part of that mission. So thank you. If you would like to know more about our parish or the Episcopal Church, you can find us online at www.trinitypocatello.org. Thanks be to God.